time enough at last. Submitted for your consideration to sci-fi fans, Sean Majors and Keith Conrad. Rewatch The Twilight Zone from beginning to end. It's like something out of that Twilighty show about that zone. This is one of the out-of-the-way places. The unvisited places. Bleak, wasted, dying. This is a farmhouse. Handmade, crude. A house without electricity or gas. A house untouched by progress. This is the woman who lives in the house. A woman who's been alone for many years. A strong, simple woman whose only problem up until this moment has been that of acquiring enough food to eat. A woman about to face terror, which is, even now, coming at her from the Twilight Zone. Episode number 51 of The Twilight Zone was The Invaders. And Sean, uh, last week, did we make the joke about this episode having the best dialogue? (laughs) You certainly did. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I mean, you have to. It's just right there. Um, It's, It's right there. So this is actually the this is the first of two consecutive uh, Twilight Zone episodes featuring a a, a cast member from Bewitched. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Uh, but before we get too far down the rabbit hole, there's actual like legitimate Twilight Zone news to discuss. Uh, such a um, bummer. The uh, the new Jordan Peele Twilight Zone is no more. It's. And you broke the news to me on uh, Friday or Saturday, I guess. And, and uh, so so apparently it was a fairly mutual decision, or at least that's how they're spinning it. Um, yeah. I would imagine one side wanted to continue it and the other side didn't. I, but I, I will say that it's like it, it seems equally po- plausible that it was one side or the other. Like, I, like I, I, I don't think you could say... Oh, you know, clearly CBS didn't want it anymore or that Jordan Peele didn't want to do it anymore. seems like one of them probably wanted to continue and the other did not. We just don't know which one it was. Yeah, it's a it's a bummer. I mean, I feel bad for us. (laughs) Um, But the uh, if you know, if that's true and, you know, it was a mutual decision, then, you know, good for everybody. It just I don't know. It just seems when like these companies have so many so much money to throw around on series like, you know, like CBS uh, did that remake of The Stand by Stephen oh, yeah, King. Yeah. And it's like, you know, uh, I don't know. It, this this series just on so, how how well done it was over two seasons. It just it I, I wouldn't think it would be, you know, near the top of the list of places of uh, shows to get axed. So that makes me believe that what's being reported is true, but still seems weird. Yeah. And especially with uh, them, you know, relaunching themselves as Paramount Plus, you know, when they actually like did the the thing for for stockholders, uh, Twilight Zone was like front and center with with Star Trek and and a couple other shows as, you know, sort of the tent poles of uh, of Paramount Plus. So I would imagine that they were somewhat surprised by it. But, you know, I, I was just thinking that it would be really tough. To do a, an anthology series these days, because you're like in the Twilight Zone, as we've discussed, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of actors that were recycled, you know, from yeah. from one episode <laughs> to the other because they were contract players and, and you could do that at that time. 
Yeah. You know, now you can't do that. You actually have to like legitimately go out and cast Lock each down. episode individually. Yeah. Uh, so I could see how like logistically that would be a, a big hurdle if nothing else. But, um, I, you know, I'm just making that up. I, I don't know <laughs> it has anything to do with anything. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm sad to see it go. But uh, I think as they said in their uh, press release about it, um, you know, they, they felt like they got 20 really good episodes. Out yeah, of it. I think so, too. Um, and I, I think they did. And uh, just put things in perspective again. The first season of the original Twilight Zone was 36 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this this did 20 episodes over two seasons. Gosh. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah, like I said, it's a bummer, but, um, you know, uh, we, we, we have, uh, so much more of the series to, to pull from and it's going to, it's going to be fun to revisit those 20 episodes, you know, probably a year or two down the road. Yeah, I think so. I'll definitely want to, want to rewatch it again. Um, maybe they can add those into the, uh, into the, the, a yearly marathon just you know every, they should. every couple hours just throw an episode in although there's probably some rights issues there i don't think uh true you know, maybe as long as they don't play like what, what was the very last episode with the the return of the catamounts yeah the, the, the canamids yeah um, yeah that one was just not great yeah, like very I, I, weird. I get they're kind of going for a you know they live sort of vibe except uh you know at the end of the day she just decides to embrace uh embrace the end of the world but um yeah that that that's one thing that i'll say is kind of a shame that that's the last episode we have yes uh, (laughs) we have to consume like make a make a movie or something just a standalone thing i I don't know that'd be great uh so back to the original twilight zone Mm-hmm. Um, and uh episode number 51 as i mentioned uh is the invaders and uh it, it centers around a nameless woman who's uh living in a farmhouse with uh no phones no lights no motor cars not a single luxury <laughs> and uh she seems to be making herself dinner i i assume and uh, suddenly she hears a strange noise and she goes up to investigate it and sees a flying saucer on her roof, which would be somewhat disturbing, I would think. Yeah, uh, like pretty much whatever you, you know, growing up, if you're told about Martians or a flying saucer, like it is, you know, that that textbook stereotype um, uh, vehicle. And, uh, you know, it's uh, aliens are invading a woman out in the out in the rural country, I guess. Yeah, and uh, as soon as she gets up and takes a look, two tiny little people uh, emerge from said UFO. Adorable little astronauts. Well, that's one of the questions that I, uh, (laughs) you know, comes up, uh, you know, came to mind as I was rewatching this. Um, Because I don't know about you, but it it amused me that uh, apparently the Air Force, uh, I don't know if recruiting goals were... We're not being met or something, but I'm not sure how two like incredibly morbidly obese uh, people ended up being on the first spacecraft to visit whatever planet of giants this is. Because, you know, like they were clearly just using like little like I, I would say like little toy dolls. Like little spaceman yeah. dolls, and that kind of makes you think that they're robots or something, right? Yeah, maybe robots, yeah. Um, but 
they 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 they, they look like they weigh about. <laughs> You know, if, if we're assuming that they're actually humans, they look like they weigh about 700 pounds each. Yeah. The, I mean, still adorable, but probably need to uh, go on a diet or take a walk around the block. Uh, it, it's even worse than. Uh, uh, well, no, I, I, I should say there's another alien episode that that it always reminds me of. But uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll save that for the episode when it actually comes up. But uh, anyway, these these two pudgy little bastards come out of the, <laughs> come out of, out of the UFO. And they start, uh, they start, uh, you know, shooting at her with like it, it, their their ray guns look like Christmas lights, you know, because yes. it's basically the, the the size that they're going for. Uh, but you do see her; she ends up with uh, you know, like like spots on her skin where they're shooting her. So obviously, it's uh, it's doing something to her. And uh, uh, eventually, one of them gets a hold of her knife and uh, actually cuts her hand with it. Uh, one, one thing that really jumped out at me was uh, when, when she first encounters the the pudgy little aliens, um, she like knocks one of them uh, through a yes. hole <laughs> yeah. into her house. Yeah. Like, why, why would you do that? You, you want to get rid of the aliens. You don't want to like invite them into your house. Hey man, heat of the moment, you know. Just as long as you you get them off you. Um, was were they provoked at all? Were the were the tiny pudgy alien robots? Were they were they provoked at all, or they're just like giant woman? Let's go get her. No, I think they actually were provoked because I I think like the first thing that she did as soon as she saw one of the pudgy little bastards was to <laughs> knock him into, um, knock him into. Uh, you know the 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 door that that she was in into her. Oh house. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and okay. obviously, given given the little guy's size, that was a pretty big fall. So that was those. I I could see them being a little angry about that. <laughs> and, and and by the way, you know we're recording this and releasing this episode uh, on International Women's Day. So yes, uh, I don't know that we hear the voices of both of them, so we shouldn't really assume that they're both male. I mean, mm, very true. We, very we, true. we don't know the the Air Force. You know, might might send a, a man and a woman to this mysterious planet. Who knows? With the uh, you know, as as progressive as that institution was in the in, in the sixties, you know, we'll uh, we'll we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Right. Um, so, you know, eventually, um, after running around her house and, uh, um, you know, the, the battle goes kind of both ways for a while there. But eventually she does, in fact, prevail. Yes. And uh, she she kills, uh, I, I think, both of the both of the uh, the invaders. And it's kind of sad. It, it like it's. I mean, again, I I obviously thought they were cuter than uh, than you did, but uh, I kind of <laughs> got I kind of got sad even before you kind of find out truly who they are. Yeah, because uh, you know they're just visiting a planet. They don't know what's going on, and and uh, you know as we established, they didn't originally necessarily try to hurt her. She was just she just you know knocked them through a giant hole. So yeah, I I think she was the instigator on this one. So yeah, oh, I, I do feel bad for for both of them. Uh, so one of them actually manages to get back into the spacecraft because as she's beating the living daylights <laughs> out of the the flying saucer, 
uh, we do hear them phoning home. And he basically says, you know, we've landed on this planet with this uh, this race of giants. Uh, it's help, hopeless to uh, hopeless to beat them. So don't uh, you know, don't don't try to don't try to come here. Uh, you know, th- this planet is uh, is a no go zone. And then you find out that they are, in fact, us. That we yeah. were the invaders. Yeah. Then, all then along. the then they, the camera pans over to the dented spacecraft, and you see U.S. Air Force. <laughs> um. So a, a couple things here. First of all, it's uh the the woman in this story is uh, Agnes Moorhead. You know, she, yes. she character doesn't have a name, but that that's the actress, and um, she uh one thing that I, I'm not really clear on. Uh, watching this episode is is she unable to speak or is it just that she's out in the middle of nowhere so she's not talking to anybody i just i assume that she was out in the middle of nowhere and not talking to anybody at first and i don't know maybe she just when she's when she's in a fight for her life i guess she doesn't talk while that's happening um but i just i just assumed she was out in the middle of nowhere wasn't talking to anybody and then she spoke a different language so couldn't understand you know what they were if if two if two tiny little astronauts started attacking me i probably well yeah i'd be i'd be like like talking to them yeah yeah so i don't know I, Maybe she the, couldn't speak. the twilight zone is never above having alien civilizations just go ahead and speak english it's true um <laughs> But, you know, it, this might be the only time. That yeah. They don't. So, so I was thinking, you know, like she's if she just was speaking English and then it still turned out that, you know, the aliens were from Earth and, and she's a giant alien. Yeah. Um, I don't think anybody would have thought twice about that. I guess, you know, just because she she lived out in the middle of nowhere and the way that she's dressed, you know, um, Maybe maybe that that race of aliens hadn't hadn't progressed to the uh, the point of of spoken language yet. That could be. Um, I do know. I I, I saw on a, a trivia thing that uh, Agnes Moorhead uh, at at one point uh, Rod Serling, uh, you know, approached her and was like, you know, I've got I've got a part that's absolutely perfect for you. <laughs> and then she got the script, and it was. Literally no talking at all, except zero for pages. one line at the end, and it's not even her. <laughs> but I mean, that should be that should be a compliment, right? I mean, that's got to be even harder to to communicate emotion and and w- without being able to speak. Yeah, that's probably even tougher than uh, you know, like Tom Hanks in Castaway or uh, Matt Damon on the Mar- in The Martian, because yeah. they were both. You know, they were both speaking during that uh, during that entire both of their stories. Um, we got nothing on Agnes Moorhead. Yeah, you know, she had to be completely nonverbal in this whole thing. So, props to her. I probably would have accidentally spoke during some of the the action sequences. I, I would imagine that there were probably some uh, some outtakes where she uh, she accidentally said something. Real bloopers. Not? <laughs> uh, so my question for you is, do you think the Air Force actually uh, heeded the advice of their fallen comrades and and left the planet alone or did they go full Starship Troopers? What do you think? Oh, that's a good. I man, I think they probably left uh, left the the giant planet alone. I mean, you know, 
the terror, the terror in, in that astronaut's voice, you know, and she, it, it was real. It was palpable. If, uh, you know, a, uh, a random, you know, the first alien you see can, can beat the, the, the hell out of you, uh, two out of you, then like, I don't know, you know, I, I wouldn't go back there. Yeah, I wonder if uh, the planet was actually giant too, or if it was like Earth sized and there were you know, like, like 20 foot tall giants walking on it. <laughs> I got to be in Australia in 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> the uh, This is honestly one of my favorite episodes of the Twilight Zone. Well, I was, I was going to ask, is this one where you, uh, you know, when you, when you see it in a marathon, are you watching it or are you getting Always. a snack during that time? Every time I, I love this episode. Um, it is, <clears throat> I will never skip it. I think Agnes Moorhead is awesome in it. And, uh, the first time I saw it, I, of course, <laughs> people who've heard previous episodes shouldn't be surprised that I either <laughs> would forget and become surprised at a twist ending a second time. Um, but the first time I saw this, uh, you know, I, like, I, I, I loved the reveal and just with, you know, it, it's, it's just, very quaint to see, you know, the, the way they designed the, the, the space probe and stuff like that. And I, I, I just love everything about this one. Yeah. This is always, uh, you know, it's probably not a Mount Rushmore episode, but, uh, it's yeah. definitely one that I always, uh, I always enjoy watching and it's fun. Uh, it, it's not quite like to serve man where I laugh at the reveal every time, <laughs> but, uh, but it, it, it's close to it. Cause you know, I'm like, well, th think about it. Like this guy was, you know, th this was like Neil and Buzz Armstrong landing on the moon and suddenly a giant <laughs> shows up and just starts beating the crap out of him. <laughs> That's the thing. Like parts of the fight are legitimately funny. And then, like I said, I got kind of sad when when the uh, when the first astronaut died. Um, so, you know what? Like. Tons of emotions coming out of me just watching this uh, this just, episode with one one sentence. Yeah, tons of emotion from a, an episode that has absolutely zero dialogue in it. How, it's fantastic. That, that's that's absolutely amazing. And and you know she she never leaves her little one room hut. No, basically. <laughs> so hey, that's impressive. My my hats off to Rod Serling. It was probably one of the easiest episodes to write. Oh yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, darn it, the guy pulled it off. <laughs> Way to go, Rod. These are the invaders, the tiny beings from the tiny place called Earth, who would take the giant step across the sky to the question marks that sparkle and beckon from the vastness of a universe only to be imagined. The invaders, who found out that a one-way ticket to the stars beyond has the ultimate price tag. And we have just seen it entered in a ledger that covers all the transactions of the universe. A bill stamp paid in full and to be found on file in the Twilight Zone. Galatron?